Hey folks, welcome in. It's another episode of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. I'm your host, Eric Stenholm, along with my co-host, Joey Moore. Uh, big free agency podcast to get into today. Um, so many things have happened in the last month since we last left you. Um, millions of signings, trades everywhere. We're going to get into who got better, who got worse, the major moves, the major contracts, what we're looking at coming up in the draft, what we thought about the coaching hires, the QB carousel, talk about basically everything that's happened in the last month and what we expect for the season to come. But we have to start with the namesake of the pod. Joey, the floor is yours. Jimmy Garoppolo, you like that. Feels great, baby. It might have to change. Mm. He has left the 49ers. What are your thoughts? It hits different. Feels Vegas, baby? Uh, is, Is that it? Um. Yeah, it's weird. Like you kind of see it coming. I mean, it's been sadly, or cr- not sadly, but crazily, like feels like few years in the making for this to happen. Um. Yeah, I, I'm. It's it's part sad, part like okay, like time to move on. Like I, you know, for most of my life, the Niners have been garbage, and when he came here, uh, they no longer were. Um. And yeah, he seemed by all accounts an un- unreal teammate. And uh yeah, I won't miss some of the late high throws over the middle that get picked off by a guy who's not even covering the guy he's throwing to. <laughs> but no, I it's it's crazy. Um what a ride. Thank you, Jimbo. Yeah, but, what a uh, crazy ride. It, he came over in 2017. I think a lot of folks because he missed all of 2018 with injury kind of think that, oh, Jimmy came over like 2019 and they immediately went to the Super Bowl. No, he was there for six seasons. He came in, he went, whatever it was, 4-0, 5-0 in that first year. I mean, he went 5-0. And when, we, when we traded for him, which I believe was Halloween that year, yeah, we were 0-10, I think. I'm pretty sure either 0-9 or 0-10. Mm-hmm. And he came in and, and did not lose a game. And, boy, I remember that Christmas, like that year, New Year's, like that was the gift every kid was getting was a – Jimmy Garoppolo jersey of all things, and then uh, yeah, tore his tore his knee the next year in Kansas City, and and then and then his career really started in 2019 with us, but um, ended a little weird. That doesn't right. go unnoticed because it sure seems like with the way Josh Johnson had to come in, and then he came out, and then Purdy wasn't throwing the ball like mm-hmm. even attempting, and. Uh, came out later that Jimmy might have been healthy enough to play the, or dress that game, but he made a business decision, which, again, I don't blame him. I do not blame him because, like, the Niners told him to go away, like, multiple times, and he never did, and he <laughs> remained, for the for all accounts, a great guy, teammate, and, and he made a business decision, possibly, rumor has it, at the end, and I really – Good for him. I mean, he got him the contract with the Raiders because if he gets hurt, which in that game it sure looked like he would have got hurt. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah seemed, it, it, it seemed like there were a few different times, 2017 when he went 5-0, and 2019 when he got you to the Super Bowl, 2021 where his job was taken from him, but somehow he maintained it throughout the whole year and almost went to the Super Bowl. And then last year where he was playing maybe the best football of his career before his injury. All these different times where he had that opportunity to kind of become the third Niner quarterback after Montana and Young. If he won the Super Bowl, he would be an icon. He leaves with a complicated legacy, but there's a reason that the podcast 
bears his famous slogan. It's because I mean, this is your guy. It's been six seasons. With I, your I team don't. And... I don't know anybody who who doesn't who doesn't think of his time in general as a fond one. I mean, he had his flaws, obviously, but like, would you have rather seen Sean Hill, J.T. O'Sullivan, Jeff Garcia? Would you rather seen that Tim garbage? Rattay. Yeah, Tim Rattay, Ken Dorsey. I don't know, like Troy Smith. Alex Smith before Harbaugh, like, what do you want? What do you want? Like, he, <laughs> um, you could do a lot worse than Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and you know, the just thing that just sticks out the most is, besides his chin line and his jaw and his beard and his teeth and his hair and his face and his smile, um, <laughs> like the way the teammates talked about him. Again, for being the richest guy in the room, for being the obviously the best looking guy in the room, for how how well the guys spoke of him especially when you're that average at your job i mean let's not get a twist he's pretty average most days like when you're that rich and that good looking and average at your job and you're still well liked as much as he was that says he must have been a pretty good dude yeah yeah franchise icon a hall of fame level teammate and he's taken his talents to las vegas and god help the women of las vegas they stand no chance Against is Jimmy there an, G. I, is there an over <laughs> under on how many STDs he gets? Or <laughs> yeah, within the first season, it's like set at eleven and a half. <laughs> Jimmy, mean, moving on to he was made pastures. for Vegas. He really was. I mean, seventy two point five million uh, contract for him over three years. Uh, looks like because of his injuries, you know, injury history. I there just are I, the Raiders. Are into, I don't know. If we're we're not going to get into the Raiders maybe just yet, but. What, it's just like, what, why are they copying and pasting like New England? Like, New England without Tom Brady is looks like to be a, a complete dumpster fire. And it's just, I don't know. Because Houston has tried to copy it, and it's just, I don't know. Yeah, strange Devontae times Adams for... probably not happy. They replaced his best friend with Jimmy G. <laughs> strange times ahead for Jimmy G. We wish him the best in Las Vegas. We had to start with that just because, you know, franchise icon. Have you seen his face? Yeah. He's our guy, and uh, we wish him the best. But uh, let's pivot over to one of the many, many, many stories we have to go over. As you were saying before we started recording, you know, when we scheduled this pod, we were like, oh, I mean, there will be stuff to talk about. There is so much to talk about with the NFL. Like, it There's never, no ever stops. There's no off season. When we were... You know, when we were kids, there really was a significant offseason in the NFL. But with the way that everything is now with social media and 24-hour sports networks, it's like there is no offseason. If in I'm the not NFL. watching hockey on ESPN+, Plus, I'm watching all the mock draft stuff. <laughs> it, the, the stories just keep churning out. We'll start with the obvious one, probably the biggest story in sports right now. Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Jets next season. Um, the Packers are still digging in their heels in terms of what the trade is going to look like and how the money is going to be shifted. But Rodgers will play for the Jets next season. He told Pat McAfee earlier in the week, which means Jordan Love is now the Packers franchise quarterback. My question to you, and I'll answer after you answer, is is this move going to work out for either side? Do you like one side of the deal better uh, for the Packers and Jets? What do you think? Um, might be a hot take, but since I'm – you never know with Aaron Rodgers. Like, this whole thing might just fall apart because he might just retire or go to Jeopardy. We don't know. I don't think he knows. But assuming that it does go through, I think it's a just colossal win for the Green Bay Packers. I 
like I, I have for the life of me, I do not understand why the Jets even want to do this. I know Zach Wilson was garbage, but you could have had Jimmy. You could have had draft a guy. I I don't know, but like this whole like selling your soul for Aaron Rodgers for one year, maybe two, if it goes well, is just I don't get it. None of these big quarterback deals work. None of them. Like Russell Wilson was a tire fire at least for year one. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave Kyler Murray the big deal. He's his teammates don't even like him. Deshaun you know, I, I exactly they the shop joke, and it's like Aaron Aaron was not good last year. He was good. He was not great. He was not four time MVP Aaron Rodgers, and it's just everything that comes with him. I don't think he's going to mesh well with New York. Like the city, the the media is going to get on about every little body language thing he does. And again, like the, the Jets have drafted so well. They have a good young core. Like to bring in an absolute uh, like massive personality. One of the one of the greatest players. I'm I'm not going to debate that. One of the greatest players in the NFL history, but one of the if not the biggest diva in NFL history. I mean, we thought Brett Favre was over the edge. This guy <laughs> is right there, if not if not by him. And I I I just he, he his his play does no longer out overcomes his off the field. And not even like off the field like you know his stuff on the it's just like do his teammates even really like him? Mm-hmm. I I like Aaron Jones was on, I, I saw on TV the other day, and he's like, I'm excited for Jordan Love. And I'm like, that's not a third string tight end saying that. That's his star running back on the, like, dude, we're just done, man. Like, everything you know, that came from the Packers all the way up to the GM was, yeah, we're looking to move on. And I yeah, get they it. told him, like, as Aaron admitted, like you just said, they told him, like, we're done. It yeah. wasn't Aaron, like, oh, I want to go play. It's like, no, we're done. Yeah. And you made the point, so you're saying this is very likely to be more of a win for the Packers than the Jets. I think the Packers finish with a better record than the Jets next year. Which, that's a little bit of a hot take, and I appreciate that. But I am going to go with this is a lose-lose for both sides. Just given that I have watched Jordan Love, you know, in his limited amount of NFL playing time, I don't see it. I mean, it obviously it could you know be a case of he sat for three full years just like Aaron Rodgers did behind Brett Favre he comes in he's way ahead of the curve with other guys who were starting their first full season as an NFL starting quarterback so there is obviously that possibility but in the limited playing time you know that he's had to this point I have not been impressed at all I think Rodgers will be very high variance in New York because one I think Robert Sala is just like a great dude and a great defensive coach and a great motivator, but can he handle that kind of just psycho personality well, from Rodgers? Well, that's going to be Nathaniel Hackett's job, apparently. And there you go. Probably the dunce of 2022, Nathaniel Hackett, is the offensive coordinator for the Jets. Can that coaching staff get the best out of Rodgers while keeping the locker room together, while managing you know clock situations and whatnot, which is obviously Sala's weak point, as we saw last year. Master motivator, incredible dude, changed the culture, doesn't really know how to use his timeouts and challenges very well. So that whole thing has the possibility to just be an absolute tire fire. Granted, you know, even though the division is very tough, I can see an 11-6 and six 
and a playoff appearance, given that Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs in 2020 and 2021. So that is a possibility. But my point is, I think the variance is high, and their over-under will probably be set at around eight and a half, nine wins. So we'll see where that goes. For the Packers, as a Vikings fan, I'm terrified if Jordan Love is really good because then they have him for cheap for at least this season and probably next season when they pick up his fifth-year option. If he's what I've seen to this point, I really like it. I, as a Vikings fan, I really like it because I he was not great at Utah State. I don't think he's going to be great in the NFL. They can definitely get out from him very quickly and very cheaply, so... I get it if they want to draft a QB next year, if they want to make a splash move for a free agent or a trade next year um, while Lafleur and that core is still there. Uh, They also get out from Aaron Rodgers' enormous contract, which is another plus. But none of this matters if love sucks. And so my point is I think this is probably going to be a lose-lose. I think the Jets have sold their soul to try to get for the first time in, God, 50 years a great quarterback. I did not realize how bad their quarterbacks have been like in their you know, history you know who the best jets quarterbacks of my lifetime are i would say chad pennington and brett Favre. like that's bad. one guy ran his face up his lineman's ass <laughs> i remember him mark what was it sanchez oh yes which I, i'm not gonna Butt lie I, I really like him on tv he seems like a I, I do like him as an analyst just not as a starting quarterback in the nfl sorry mark that game was thanksgiving right yes Against the Pats, I believe. Yeah. I just remember laughing. <laughs> <laughs> just laughing so hard and being like watching that replay over and over again. The poor I guy. just think it I just think for the Packers, they it is so worth it to them to just get him out of the building. Get his contract out, get his diva personality out, I get it. And and if I was the Packers, I would make this move for sure. Like, dude, I'm not even a Packers fan and I'm tired of the charade, like for the last three years. Like I might go to Jeopardy, I don't know. I might retire. I might Last year it was I, I want to go to Denver with Nathaniel Hackett, or at least it was rumored. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, ah, dude, he's texting Schefter, like, lose my number. Like, dude, then it goes back. I remember watching – we're going to take this way back. I remember watching The Bachelor, Bachelorette with mm-hmm. Kayla, and his brother was on it, Jordan yes. Rogers. And yes. he all the time would be like, yeah, me and Aaron don't talk. Like, the whole family, I'm like, Aaron, what's up? Like, we get you don't get along maybe with some teammates, but like it's been documented that your own family doesn't really like you. It's been rumored they've asked for money, but I mean Jordan doesn't need money. He's on ESPN. He's been doing college football. He's he's mm-hmm. been on T. Like he doesn't need money. Like if his family needed money, which again I don't think they do. I mean, well, who knows? I don't know. I don't. I'm not neighbors with the Rogers. Uh, but yeah, it's uh it's just odd, really odd, really odd, and it brings to he's an 40. end. He's forty. Yeah, He's, I mean, it's the like same situation. Like, if he was 30 and it was going to be another five, six, seven years, maybe I get it from the Jets. But, like, what if you do this and you give up, like, a one and a two and it just goes to shit? And time is a flat circle of 30 And he retires and goes to Jeopardy after one year. Like, was that fun? Who, who was that fun for? 39-year-old Packers icon quarterback goes to the Jets at the end of his career. I just pray to God that he it's, doesn't come to the Vikings one year after it's that. It's just so <laughs> funny that they hated each other. Yeah. Favre and Rodgers. And now they're like, are you guys like reincarnate? Are you guys, what's going on? <laughs> they're the same guy twice. He's become a diva. He's flirted just, with retirement. Just, He's gone to New I York. get it. It brings to an end one of the crazier player versus team sagas 
and diva stories in recent years. And we have to go to another player versus team saga uh, for our second topic here today. So I would argue that this Lamar Jackson versus the Ravens standoff is probably the biggest team versus player you know, issue since Favre versus the Packers. And I believe it was the 0708 offseason where it's just like so very clear that the player and the team disagree fundamentally. Um, you talked about this a lot last year as we headed towards the end of the season and Lamar was mysteriously absent over and over. Um, so he was given the non-exclusive franchise tag, which is basically the Ravens saying, screw you, man. We've tried to negotiate for two years. Let the market decide what you're worth and then we will match it. And to this point, we are you know, a week into other teams being able to offer him a deal. We're you know, just over 48 hours into the new league year. There have been no offers for Lamar Jackson yet. None reported, none official. This is a wild saga, and I feel like this is headed in two directions. Number one, nobody makes him an offer. He plays on the tag. He holds out. He holds out. He holds out. If they get a deal done, he plays. If they don't get a long-term deal done, he may hold out the entire season. It's that level of animosity between the two players. And then two, some team makes a massive offer. A godfather offer. I, I have heard stories about there are teams who are considering it. Is there anyone out there that you see, given what we've heard in the last few weeks, that you would expect to make that kind of an offer? No chance. Like, <laughs> it's... First off, it's just it's just really awkward for other owners to sign guys that aren't theirs. Like, these are real people who go to real owners' meetings, and a lot like how Deshaun was signed, I'm sure when Haslam went to the owners' meetings, everyone was looking at him like, what a dick. <laughs> uh, I, I think some owners and GMs are a little, like, don't want to step on each other's toes. I think that's a small part of it, but something I do think about. But he's going to cost, I mean, $50 million plus two first-rounders? No, thank you. Hard pass. And... I love Lamar Jackson, the the human. He seems like an unreal dude, and I seems like a good teammate despite you know his absence. You know, the end of last season, I, I I got nothing bad to say about him. Do I think he's a very flawed player for how many accolades he has? I mean, he was was he unanimous MVP, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm so happy that this is how it's worked out. Not because I. I want Lamar to not get paid or anything, but I just, I'm so sick of the media telling me that everyone has to get paid big money all the time. It, it happened with Kyler Murray and and like, Oh, what are they going to do without him? I don't know. Maybe have an act, an actual stable franchise, the Arizona Cardinals without him because he's hated. I mean, it's clearly he's hated in that building. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they've talked about it with, you know, Russ's extension, they they talk about it like, oh, this guy, fourth year, you know, he's, you don't want to pay the option. You got to pay him. Like, what other option do you have? I don't know. Let it play out. Like, have him earn it. Like, don't get your entire cap for the next decade tied up in his money. Like, like these players have so – the media thinks these players have so much power, and a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's gone overboard. We've gone very NBA, and I hate it. And And it's like – like, same thing with Rodgers. Same thing applies with Rodgers. Like, just, oh, he needs to get out. Like, oh, nope. You, 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 no, you don't. <laughs> um, I, I just, it, he, 
Lamar doesn't throw well from the pocket. He's clearly injury prone, mm-hmm. and it it's just I mean he's I'm not looking, reliable. He's I'm not reliable around the league at teams that would their fans would like it, their coach would like it if they were to bring in Lamar. Like who would that work for? Okay, so first we got to eliminate all the teams who already have a quarterback they're happy with, and all the teams who could not take on that level of salary. So after we eliminate all those teams. We have Washington, who has the cap space and has a need at quarterback. They just signed Jacoby Brissett, and they're looking at Sam Howell, their draft pick from last year, as someone to compete with him. So that's off the board. Tampa Bay, I said, was a very logical fit, but they have major cap issues. They just signed Baker Mayfield and apparently are planning on starting him next season. Um, And then Atlanta, they told the ESPN reporter... Uh, Diana Rossini, hey, we are not going to make an offer for Jackson. They have made it clear. That, that came out quick, too. It came out 10 minutes after the <laughs> tag was placed. Atlanta was like, nope, we're good. We well, are I was not like, gonna... Why don't you just tell Diana that you're giving Lamar the finger? I couldn't believe it. And then Seattle, a, another one that I fully expected to be involved in it, Pete Carroll's wet dream, a quarterback that runs on every down. They signed Geno Smith, completely showed no interest. So then that leaves almost nobody left. Panthers, Texans, Colts. Who are all very likely the to draft, could just a draft a guy? Exactly. Everyone who could, like you said, who has an opening and the money, opening on the roster and opening on the cap, is in a place in the draft to just take one for a lot cheaper. And then the other options were if the Giants didn't re-sign Daniel Jones and if the Saints didn't sign Derek Carr. So those and the teams is that, close. like you said, Tam- I thought Tam- like Tampa could be, um, you know, Washington that. The, the the draft this year has got four quarterbacks who probably shoot. Like I was texting you, I mean, Anthony Richardson was the guy people thought might be a project end of the first round. But boy, oh boy, if I was Carolina, I would swing for the fences um, with him. So there's four guys going to go very early. Next year, there's two guys who are better than all of them in Caleb Williams and Drake May. Like if you're Tampa, like tanking doesn't really happen, but – well, we could try our luck next if we suck. We'll try our luck next year in the draft. You know, if you have enough, if you don't finish with the first pick in the twenty-four draft, you could package some picks. I don't know. I, I just it. The market I, is completely closed. It's just closed for Lamar Jackson, and part of the reason it's closed is the next item on our agenda here. So I want to do a little quick diatribe about this. I think Lamar Jackson would have been a good fit for many teams. Uh, but they have chosen to go a different route. So the Giants, Daniel Jones, four years, $160 million. Shocking deal. Derek Carr, four years, $150 million. To the Saints, shocking deal. Geno Smith, three years, $105 million. To the Seahawks to return, shocking deal. I thought all three of those teams were fits for Lamar Jackson, and I also thought Atlanta was a fit, a great fit. A running team with a, a head coach who schemes running better than pretty much anybody in the league. A shitload of cap space. It was a perfect fit. All avenues are closed. And my point here is, number one, Lamar Jackson has nowhere to go. He is stuck with the Baltimore Ravens for the long term, I think. I just don't see who is going to swoop in and do it. I, than- I would still think maybe Washington, but I think Snyder doesn't. I, he looks like he might not want to take on any more money, especially if he's getting sued. Right. Or whatever's going on with the team. And then one other thing I heard was Detroit as a possibility if they could move on from Goff and 
they want to, you know, I want somebody to love Jared Goff. Yeah, I really do. They, the fan base seems to be behind him, which is shocking. I would prefer Lamar Jackson to Jared Goff any day, but that Avenue is supposedly closed as well, even though there were some early rumors about it. So it says two things. One, Lamar is stuck in Baltimore and two, the state of the QB market is absolutely stunning. I was left scratching my head. Daniel Jones, four years, $160 million. Do you know how many touchdowns he's, he passed for last year? He missed like half of one game. I, how, I, heard, how many touchdowns I, I read it he or heard for? it and was shocked, but I don't remember the number. It was, it was low. <laughs> 14. Think about it this way. Do you know how they talked about Carson Wentz? And look where his career is right now. Yeah. But at his last year with the Colts, he, his touchdown to interception was 27-7. to 7. Yeah. And they thought he was an absolute walking pile of trash. And they said, goodbye, hope you never play in the NFL again. Go to Washington and nobody likes you. 27-7, and seven, and I believe he threw for over 4,000 yards as well. Yeah. Last year, Daniel Jones, 3,200 yards, 14 touchdowns, 5 picks. A lot of rushing yards, I get it. But this is a guy that Vanilla I, Vic. Would, I would rank Vanilla Vic somewhere in the late teens, early 20s when ranking NFL quarterbacks. Like, I would have him maybe the 20th best quarterback in the NFL, 19th. 18th somewhere in that range four years 160 million and because they came to that extension with him they franchise tag saquon barkley who last year had like 400 touches that's so due to break down that that that, i think that it's so interesting just the way quarterbacks are valued and the way running backs because there there is like i mean saquon is a better running back than daniel jones as a quarterback that's not even close to being debatable Mm -hmm. but like <laughs> Saquon gets absolutely shafted with the franchise tag being like, I think for running backs one year, like 10 million, if that yeah. 10, 11 million. And, uh, and he was asking for like, I think he was asking for McCaffrey money, like 16. And it's just, it's just, nope. One year, 10 million. And, and Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Jones gets four years, one sixty. I mean, it's just, I mean, you can't help but laugh because you know, but, 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 but I, it, like I if you're a GM, bad. like you, you get it. Like if, like if right. you're a GM, like you would not pay. A, I would, I, I could not pay a running back. I would pay a guy like. I'd pay a guy like McCaffrey, and I hate saying that because it feels like I'm just a big Niner guy, which I am. But, or hit, or, or like Alvin Kamara, if he would just stop hitting people in an <laughs> elevator. Like, because if you could use them as a wide receiver, Christian McCaffrey is born to be a wide receiver, so his contract es- like. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 stands up over time. Same with Kamara. Same with exactly. like Marshall Falk back in the day. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, Saquon, I think, could. Although I don't think they split him out wide and throw him like slants a lot, which so they do with McCaffrey and like Kamara. Um, but yeah, I just I couldn't pay one. I couldn't do it. Like the 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 Todd Gurley and Zeke contracts, like mm. throw them in the garbage. And yeah, uh, affected can't do the trajectory of the franchise for sure. And then, you know, so speaking of Kamara, his new teammate in New Orleans, Derek Carr, four years, $150 million. This is a guy who's been in the NFL 10 seasons and has never won a playoff game, getting four years, $150 million. And it seems to have been met by the locker room and by the New Orleans media with, like, thunderous applause. Like, I do not like that deal I... at all for New Orleans. Yeah, and then I saw Jameis Winston ex- re-signed. I was just like, are we sure 
Derek's better than Jameis when he's healthy? Like, are we sure? It's not I think by he a is. lot. Yeah. Um, but it was funny. I was watching NFL Network yesterday or two days ago, and they were comparing Derek Carr and, like, Jimmy because Jimmy's replacing Derek in, in Vegas. And it would, Derek's brother, David Carr, was on the panel, and the guy just kept just – just blasting car. He's like, yeah, Jimmy, you know, he's better because this is, and the, the best thing is Jimmy actually won playoff games. So like, you tell me <laughs> like, is Jimmy an upgrade over Derek? Tell me your feelings, David Carr. I was like, this is weird. This is <laughs> awkward. He's like, uh, my brother's a great guy. He, he believes in the Lord and he, you know, he's a bit, great teammate. It's like, Oh my God. But even beyond that, the Geno Smith deal, three years, $105 million to the Seahawks. My brother's the biggest Seahawks fan in the world. I text him for his reaction right after it happens, and he goes, hate it. And I think... Your brother's you know, still writing off Geno. <laughs> yeah, he's still writing, writing him off. He's still a Russell Wilson guy, despite all the evidence to the contrary over the last year. That's his guy, and I don't fault him for it. But he does not like this Geno deal. I don't really like it either. I think it's all an overpay. You basically need him to play like he did last year, 4,200 yards, only seven picks. You need him to play like that over the life of the deal for this to be worth it. And how can you expect that from a guy who the previous nine seasons of his career was a tire fire? So very strange deal there as well. The quarterback market at that point was basically set after those three deals. Um, And then certain teams said, hey, I don't think I want to pay Lamar that kind of money. I don't think... I want to get involved in the Aaron Rodgers nonsense. And they said, we're going to go with the draft either this year or next year. The biggest move, the biggest domino to fall after those three deals were signed, Carolina traded up from number nine to number one to be the first pick in the draft this year. Rumors that they may be taking C.J. Stroud. It's still up in the air who they're going to take with that number one overall pick. But Carolina traded four picks plus D.J. Moore, who... You know, your cousin DJ Moore, who probably... He got the better jeans. Yeah, 17th, 18th best wide receiver in football, somewhere in that range. Uh, Very good player. Instantly becomes the number one in Chicago. I like this deal for Chicago. Carolina is really swinging for the fences. And you're saying, if you were in that position, you would take Richardson. But what do you think of the the Panthers trade? Uh, It only makes sense if the quarterback's an absolute boom, right? Yeah, they got to hit it. They like, <laughs> um, I love it if I'm Chicago. Um, like, it was the most obvious, just cleared, like, trade down. Chicago needs everything. And without there being a Trevor Lawrence, um, because if they were to draft a quarterback and trade Justin Fields, they are selling him for pennies on the dollar. I don't even think he would get – he may not even get a second rounder, maybe, if, if they traded him. Um and there's I, I I don't really like love or love any of the quarterbacks coming out. I, I do really like Richardson. Um but I was a little shocked Chicago wanted to go all the way down to nine, but I guess with the trade I see why. Um yeah, Carolina, you have to hit it. Um the Niners did this exact trade for Trey Lance or at least very similar, and they picked the wrong guy. Or I mean, any of the quarterbacks they would have taken would have been wrong. They would have been better <laughs> if they just drafted Micah Parsons or somebody else, but like the, the, the Niners have lucked out in the sense their team was already really good. I mean, they were in the Super Bowl two years before, and and they you got lucky in a couple draft picks, and it hasn't hurt them. But if you grade the trade itself, it was an uh, F minus. 
I I mean Miami turned that into who they turned that Bradley Chubb, Tyree Hill, and <laughs> and uh, uh, what there was another who else did they Waddle? Yeah, yeah. He's, the, he's with our pick. Yeah, <laughs> Jalen Waddle, Tyree Hill, and Bradley Chubb, and we got Trey Lance. Huh? <laughs> Big win like, for Miami. I'm like that didn't <laughs> that worked out for one team and it wasn't <laughs> ours. Um, so yeah, Carolina, and you traded DJ Moore like. You would think that Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Levis Richardson would like my uh, brother from another, but uh, I guess not. Um, they're going to ride with uh, – I can't even name a receiver on their team. Yeah. Steve yeah, Smith still playing? At this point. Yeah. It was a Mushin Muhammad. Yeah. Yeah, Ricky Prohl. Who's left over there? Yeah, big, big move. Uh, the Panthers, ever since they switched ownership – uh, from Richardson to Tepper back in the day, it was like, oh, this is a hedge fund manager. This is one of the richest men in the world. He's going to move heaven and earth to make that team great. Well, they haven't done shit since he bought the team. He's talked a lot of game. He's brought in Matt Rule, who's going to change the culture and build this into a long-term winner. He's now you know, trusting his team to a new coach in Frank Reich, who I personally don't really believe in that much. Strange times in Carolina. They need this quarterback to be in the Josh Allen, Joe Burrow range of top five, top six quarterback in the NFL, or this is just a total swing and a miss. So big, big play there by the Panthers to try to get into the uh, race there in the NFC. Uh, Now's the part of the pod where we're going to talk about our teams. Let's start with the Niners. Um, I think they addressed a few of their offseason holes already with the defensive line upgrade. Your boy Big Mike is gone. Uh, Sam Darnold's the new backup to give you some insurance as your quarterbacks both rehab from major injuries. Uh, give us your thoughts on just how the 49ers have done this offseason. Um, losing Jimmy G and quite a few other high-impact players, but signing some uh, some good players as well. Yeah, I, the biggest thing I can say to sum it up is they're sticking to their formula. Um, number one, Ever since John and Kyle have started, they they absolutely believe in having a a front four that can get to the quarterback on their own. And this deal um, was clearly uh, we messed up DeForest Buckner, um, and they haven't been able to replace him since then. And 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 they basically gave Hargrave the contract they gave they uh, would have given to Buckner what he was looking for. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was by far our biggest need. I, I mean before. You know, or two months ago, I would have said offensive line or or corner, but um, the way Jawan Kinlaw was getting tossed out of the restaurant um, <laughs> against Philadelphia, and just his inability to stay on the field, like we we got, I mean, teams who could run the ball could run it could run it on us. That's why we lost to Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta is wasn't very good, and mm-hmm. and they gashed us the entire game. Um, yeah, so Har- Hargrave was uh, – th- that was a surprise to me. They gave him a lot yeah. of money. But Four years, they, $84 million with $40 million guaranteed. Huge yeah, for Hargrave. Yeah, huge money. But when you're paying quarterback absolutely nothing, um, you're, you're able to do that. Um, I thought Mike – I thought we would lose McGlinchey. I did not expect him to get that big of a deal. But, hey, good for Mike. Um, don't know how Russell Wilson's going to be able to see over him, considering <laughs> he's six foot nine. but that's their problem. Um the only one I was a little shocked that we lost was Emmanuel Mosley. He got one year, I think, $6 million from Detroit. And I really would have liked to seen him come back. Um, but yesterday we signed the Atlanta slot corner, um, Oliver. And uh, he's going to compete with Sam Womack for the 
uh, slot corner position to replace Jimmy Ward. Um, and just going to what their their philosophy is, like I said, they believe in the front four, but they also believe in, in their drafting and developing. And, mm-hmm. and uh, they let Lake and Tomlinson walk last year to the Jets, and they replaced him with a the guy they drafted, Aaron Banks, who started, uh, I think, every game but one. And and they're trying to do that with uh, with McGlinchey. They drafted Colton McKivitz. He's going to replace him. And take so, it from there. They, they receive a ton of comp picks from right. you know hiring minorities and then losing all these free. They're going to get a ton of comp picks. Just losing a quarterback who signs big money like that, that gets you some comp picks. Um, uh, so I want to Sa- just – Sam Darnold, but at last just to finish on him, I think Sam Darnold, I, he's – there's no way you can convince me he doesn't play like a significant role next year because right. I'm just convinced no one's going to stay healthy. And ironically, Sam Darnold, when he the age he was when he got traded to Carolina was the same age Brock Purdy was last year. <laughs> and I feel like that's really interesting because forget how young Sam Darnold was and just get thrown to the Jets, who, like we have talked about, dumpster fire. And to go to Carolina, he's been hurt. If he can function at all to what his talent was when he was coming out, boy – that could be huge. But him and Trey Lance battling for a QB2, yeah. like the thing is just going to be, if he plays really well on camp, do the Niners move Trey Lance? Right, and it's a tremendous insurance policy. Well, one point I wanted to make is uh, you lost uh, Al Shair, Omenahu, Mosley, McGlinchey, Ward, all these guys. It seems like when teams sign 49er players, they see them as finished products who they can bring in, who are veterans, who've been well-coached and well-developed. And then other teams' basket cases, like Cleveland Farrell for oh, the I Raiders. Oh, I love that signing. I love it. The Raiders draft this guy, overdraft him. Everybody hates the pick. Total bust. Now the Niners sign him for super cheap after he leaves the Raiders. And you just know that this guy's going to explode next year. It's the like, same thing when the, the Chiefs traded for Kadarius Tony. Yeah. You're like, the Giants are like, he doesn't work. And then the Chiefs are like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be the next, like, Percy Harvin and, like, just destroy the league. Um, and it, I could it, be wrong. Cleveland Furrow was overdrafted, but I think he was still, like, probably projected, like, late first. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean, there's something there. We've already done it with two Raiders. We did it with uh, Mo Hurst. And Arden Key had a heck of a year, and I think he just signed another contract mm-hmm. with uh, somebody. And, and, yeah, our defensive line coach, Chris Kacarek, who – I don't know everything about everything about position coaches in the NFL, but I know enough to know he's making his money. Yeah, Arden Key over. just got three years, twenty-one million from Tennessee. Like, I would have liked to keep Omenahu. I thought he was. Um, I think Omenahu. I could be wrong. Was our second leading uh, sack getter mm-hmm. at like four and a half. Like we had Bosa at seventeen and a half, eighteen and a half, whatever it was, and then boop goes all the way down to Omenahu, and that's why Hargrave with eleven sacks is like okay. If Big you got to double him or double Armstead or somehow plug those tree trunks in the middle, leaves Bosa one on one. But I, I just yeah, that, that that would be huge to get him some help. And you mentioned now you expect the Niners to draft a shitload of offensive linemen in That's the draft what I hope. and basically give you know all the players who are due extensions, big extensions. Now that you have that QB money, off something the something to work on or look for. I think the Niners might. Sneaky prediction? They they might look at trading Devo Samuel. I think I would just not like to it, get his money off the books. His so that money can... turn hers. His money for next season, not this coming, but the twenty four, skyrockets. Right. Um, and I think him and McCaffrey are kind of like the same player, and and 
and Debo probably plays a style that's going to get him hurt a lot, I could I could see it. I hope not because he's one of those like Draymond Green type people who like, you know. He holds the thing together. It's like he's the attitude of the team. There's a reason why he's leading the team out of the locker room. Boombox guy. He's got the boombox. We lost him. D'Amico took him. Way to go. He's now in Houston. So we lost boombox guy. I don't know how we're going to replace him. But, yeah, then Debo, Debo and Trent Williams are like all dancing, and it's like, okay, I'm ready to run through a wall today. <laughs> so, yeah, there it is, the, the Niners recap so far. Um, look for offensive line in the draft. Um, look for them to sign Bosa and the other guys uh, who are due for it to some big extensions. And then Joey says possibly, you know, a trade of an impact player just to kind of get the cap situation settled. But I think the Hargrave signing is great. I think the Niners should go into next season as the runaway favorites in the division given, you know, Seattle's probably not going to be great. Uh, Arizona will obviously be down with their quarterback out for most of the year, you would think. And then the Rams still in a transition period. So, 49ers did their job. Got to be happy with that. For for me, for the Vikings, I think we made a bunch of moves that were absolutely necessary um, to get under the cap and kind of rebuild the team, especially on the defensive side for Brian Flores. There's not much you can do when you enter the offseason $20 million above the cap. We restructured Cousins' contract as expected, but we've only stayed committed to him for one year, which I do like. They're making him play out the deal, which... I appreciate it helps us get under the cap. We let Thielen walk, a franchise icon. Sad to see him go. Um, Alexander Madison is coming back and I believe is going to be the starting running back now. I think Dalvin Cook is either going to be traded or released shortly. Harrison Smith comes back on a restructured deal. Um, Eric Kendricks, another franchise icon, is gone um, after eight great seasons. One of my favorite Vikings ever. Sad to see him go along with Thielen. And then Dalvin Tomlinson, our starting defensive tackle, also gone. He went to Cleveland. Um, looks like Zedarius Smith is probably going to be cut or traded in the next few days as well. Uh, send, and that's, him, send him here. Yeah, and it, it, whoever's going to get him is going to get you know a 36-year-old guy who can st- clearly still get into the backfield and rush the passer. But he does have a lot of injury concerns. And I think he comes with a price tag of somewhere in the $15 million range next year, which... You know, for one year, not too bad, but the Vikings no longer need his services because we are sticking with Daniil Hunter uh, as one of the defensive ends. And then we signed Davenport from uh, the Saints, who last year, advanced stats say one of the 10 best rushers in the NFL. Actual stats say a guy who doesn't sack the quarterback. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, he was <laughs> with the Saints for four years, and all the next-gen stats say he gets more pressures and gets just, past his blocker more than anybody. But if you look at the stats, it's like one year he has 11 sacks. The next year he plays the whole season and has two. So it's like, is this you'd guy love, any good? You'd love this. You'd love this. The whole, the whole time you were talking, I thought of that uh, money ball scene when he's like, then why doesn't he hit? <laughs> oh, he's a great hitter. He's got a great eye for the ball. The yeah, ball great just swing pops off of his bat. He's like, how come he doesn't hit well? If he's a great hitter. Why doesn't he hit well? It's like, oh, my God. So Davenport brought in apparently the advanced stats, and our GM, Quasi Adolfo Mensah, obsessed with advanced stats, say that this guy should be a double-digit sack guy. So we'll see how that goes. And then we brought in Murphy from Arizona, who he He's was the player. heir apparent to uh, Patrick Peterson for the Cardinals. And then we brought Peterson in. He's clearly too old and past his prime. We kicked him out the door and brought in Murphy to replace him again. So he'll probably be our corner number one with, with both Peterson and Dantzler changing teams. Uh, I would imagine now 
Oh, and we also signed this guy Oliver from Baltimore to be our second tight end, who apparently has some pretty high upside. But these are these are fringe moves for a team that has almost no cap space. I'm expecting the draft to be entirely defensive line or defensive backs and linebackers. Um, right now, we basically have no talent uh, in that region outside of Byron Murphy, who we just brought in. Like defensive line, I. Daniil Hunter at his best is a 12 to 15 sack guy. This guy Davenport's supposed to be very good. I think we have a good defensive line in terms of stopping the run. I just, I realize that our pass defense is probably bottom five in the league and probably didn't get better so far this offseason. So, man, are we going to need to hit on some corners and linebackers in the draft or try to make some kind of a trade or shrewd move here because. Brian Flores has got a huge task ahead of him. I think with, you know, Kendrick's leaving, Zadarius Smith leaving, you know, you lose some leadership, but you're getting younger. So we only have five picks uh, also, which sucks. Uh, We got the first round and second rounder, but after that, it's just... You have have your second rounder? Oh, and we did get a comp... I think we got a comp fifth uh, for some sort of free agent. What did you give up for Hawkinson again? Oh, no, we did lose a second rounder for Hawks. We have oh, two did? thirds. I think we have a first, two thirds, and then a fifth and a seventh, and that's it. Like, it's not good. So, a lot of creative moves. Well, hey, moves you can be yes, We don't have a one or a two, but we have 11 picks because uh, we're just a minority hiring factory. <laughs> yeah, crazy how the Niners we just have We have up. picks. I think we have picks 99, 101, and 102. Yeah, it's going to be electric in the Moore household. You're going to be tuned late, in. Late for... Friday night of the draft, I'll be yeah. like, all right, it's time to pick some Fred Warners, some George Kittles in the late round. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the Niners basically, as expected, headed into the offseason, and then the Vikings making the moves that they have to just because they're in cap hell. So transition time for the Vikings, and the Niners still squarely in the middle of their contention window. Um, let's do your Jack and the Bum of the Week. I can't believe we're going to do one in the offseason, but we have to just because as all of these deals and trades come in, of course, we're texting each other for reactions, and we did not like a lot of these. So we do, as always, for the Jack and the Bum of the Week, have a lot of candidates. I'm going to just rattle off a few that I thought were worthy, and then you can give me your your winner. So the New York football giants were at the top of my list, signing a, maybe the 20th best quarterback in the NFL to a four-year $160 million deal and franchise tagging your franchise icon, Saquon Barkley. Did not like those moves. I love their coach. I think they have a good culture built. I think they're going to improve at wide receiver because that was really bad last year. I just don't understand those two moves. Um, the Saints with the car deal did not like it. The Panthers trading all of that capital. I did not like that either. The Seahawks giving that huge deal to Geno Smith. Lamar Jackson as well, uh, another candidate, just because he's kind of screwed at this point. But uh, you have a different direction you want to go for this one. Oh, it's good to be back. Jack in the bum of the week. Month, off season, whatever you want to call it. Um, the Jack of the bum of the week for me is the New York football Jets. Uh, they haven't even traded for Rodgers yet, but I hate everything about it. I don't get it. I don't understand why a team who appears to be very much on the rise, I, I know they don't have a quarterback, but – Boy, you are selling your soul for a guy who is going to be 40, who comes with a lot of extracurriculars, Mm -hmm. um, which 
most prominently seems like he just hates rookie receivers or like young players, which blows when he's going to a really young team. Uh, I don't know. I just I just feel like the Jets the more prudent. I think the I, I'm not even gonna say prudent move. I'm gonna say just better move would have been like Jimmy or would have been even like Jacoby Brissett or like I don't want to say Gino or Sam Darnold because the Jets had them both. But like you save money and like maybe you like wait it out, see what's going on next year. Mm-hmm. I think Lamar would have been better. Right. Like then, if you're gonna sell your soul, like sell it for a guy who's younger and, you know, is liked, and you know could could mesh well in the locker room. I I, I just hate everything about it. I hate mm. I hate I don't like doing all that for one player in general. But when it's a guy who could only be committed for one year at a time, would drive me nuts. If I was the Jets, um, it drove the Packers nuts, and the Packers pretty well-run organization for mm-hmm. most of my life so when they tell the guy we want you gone i think other teams should be like hmm why <laughs> might like you know the steelers or even like ravens you know patriots with belichick or for the most part i'm not really right now but mm-hmm. um yeah like why do these good teams want to get rid of these guys right Doesn't so there it is sense. joey's jack in the bum of the week uh he's going with the jets uh for the offseason jack in the bum of the week I hope it blows up in their face so when uh, Robert Sala gets fired, he can come back here when Steve Wilkes gets a job, and, right. and and we'll just run it back. Let's move on to the other segment that we do on a weekly basis here, um, my You Like That Picks of the Week. Obviously, there's no um, games to pick for the NFL. There are futures. Um, the first thing I want to do before I go over some team futures that I like um, just post-free agency um, with the way teams have improved and with the cap space they have and the draft capital that they have. Um, I want to go over my coaching higher grades, and you can debate me on this. Let's just do this first. Um, I, I really like Houston's hire of D'Amico Ryans. I think you do too. Um, I think I Den- hate it. I wish he would have stayed here. I hate <laughs> it. He's a terrible coach. Wouldn't have hired him. Yeah, he's going to be fantastic. Everybody loves D'Amico. So Houston, a franchise in turmoil, they made an incredible hire. So good move by them. Denver, the money that they're given, Sean Payton is absurd. But I have to say, I think that's a decent deal. I'm giving it a B. Um, Indy with uh, Shane Steichen, I'm like C+. Hiring the offensive coordinator of the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. So cliche. It's like the Vikings did it last year. Every team does it every year. It's fine. We'll see how he does. Indy's always been... You know, a, a middling team, at least over the past decade. One one um, could say they are mid. Yes, they are quite mid, <laughs> as the kids say. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Carolina with Frank Reich, I give it a C-. This is a guy who really hasn't had much success since his initial season uh, there in Indy. Um, very, as you saw during Hard Knocks in season, very strange guy. Like, he tries to weave religion into his coaching, which is very strange. I've never appreciated that. And then Arizona, I give it a flat F. I think Gannon is just not the guy. I think this is a situation where you have a quarterback contract that's just going to decimate the team. You have draft capital, but you probably don't have the GM and the coach to get the best out of it. Arizona's situation is not good right now, as we saw in that ranking of like where players like to play the most. That is a bad situation brewing there in Glendale. So I give that one an F. Um, I, I would imagine that you agree with most of those. Or 
Yeah, no one wanted that Arizona job. I I don't mind Frank Wright. I I'd, I'd like to see what he can do with Howdy Carson Wentz. Um <laughs> I wouldn't give it an A, maybe a B minus, C plus, but mm-hmm. um he I I think he can do better without Carson Wentz, but all goes to see who they draft. Yeah, Arizona, I mean, no one wanted that job. I even think I even think Denver like, yeah, Sean Payton's good, but like did he really want to coach? Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but it took an astronomical amount of money from Walmart mm-hmm. to get him to go coach. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, D'Amico, I think, is going to be a star. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and in, in Indy, that cliche is a really good way to put it. It's like, okay, yep, you <laughs> – uh, there's nothing – I don't know, that's it's just mid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Absolute and then mid. so – Taking a look at how the odds have shifted, I'm going to give you some wild numbers on Super Bowl futures here. The Jets are down to 15 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Absurdity. Absolute absurdity. Not even close to being the best team in their own division. I'd predict, even with them, to miss, I'd predict them to miss the playoffs. One of the absolute craziest things I've ever seen in terms of like betting odds shifts. They were like somewhere in the 40 to 50 to 1 range then when Rodgers is rumored to go there all the way down to 15 to 1 horrendous bet if anybody makes that absolutely terrible bet i'm looking at the futures right now niners 9 to 1 probably a little intrigue there for me bengal's 9 to 1 definitely some intrigue um looking a little bit further down i do see jacksonville at 28 to 1 You've got a Super Bowl winning coach. You've got a quarterback who took that second year leap. Could be a decent value there. Uh, further down the board, I mean, Cleveland thirty-five to one. The, the numbers aren't great for a lot of these. Vikings forty to one, a little bit tempting. Um, I I would say Pittsburgh to win the division is one that I've been looking at. I think Cincinnati will obviously win that division, but I'm looking at the other teams in that division. You have. Cincinnati's going to have to give $8 trillion to Joe Burrow, and deservedly so. The Watson contract is a shit show. The the Lamar Jackson situation is toxic in every sense of the word. Looking at Pittsburgh there at like 5-1 to one to win their own division, I kind of like that bet as something to look at. But if I had to give a pick for like best bet for next year for this, to win the Super Bowl at the current odds, I guess I look at the value somewhere in Jacksonville 28 to 1 but the Chiefs are 6 to 1 that feels like good odds nothing's really jumping out to me at this point so if i have to give a pick of the week i would say right now before the Lamar situation blows up before the Burrow contract comes down before all these things happen maybe take a quick look at Pittsburgh to win the division at 5 to 1 or 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl i think it's a decent value i think they got better on defense just a flyer there. Just a thought. Um, let's head over to the, the feels great baby. Uh, God, this is sad. No Jimmy on the Niners anymore. We may have to rename the segment, but feels great baby. Joey's uh, segment. To everything. Yeah, I mean, whether it's Brock or Lance or Sam Darnold, there will have to be a new name. But maybe we keep it just in Jimmy's honor. What a franchise the icon. Big, the big cock. The big cock pod. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Good luck getting that one through the Apple podcast uh, filters. See how that one goes. All right, your feels great, baby. Your wildest take you feel best about currently. You and I have texted a lot about this since the Super Bowl ended. Uh, You have a thought about roster construction in the NFL that you think should take hold. I, 
I believe that a a quarterback on a rookie contract is might be the most valuable weapon in all of sports in in front office GM like you said roster construction um and and, and to piggyback on that I I think Philly should should really really look at trading Jalen Hurts and again same thing applies with Lamar that applied with him that Jalen Hurts I Jalen seems like a great teammate great guy hard worker everything I think he's a little bit of a flawed passer he's really good he's improved a ton but I mean he's not he's not an elite passer of the football um but he's an elite runner um I just don't personally believe that quarterback um I don't want to say can win because they clearly they can win he almost won last year but it's just I don't know if it's sustainable for a long time and if you're going to pay a guy 50 million over the next four or five years like I I need I'm more I want I want the prototype and the prototype is Patrick Mahomes is is Joe Burrow. I mean, those are the only two guys I'd be comfortable paying 50 in a couple of years 60 million dollars. <laughs> um when you can get a guy again very very lucky, but when Brock Purdy's making $897,000, you have an all-star team around him. Right. And if you have the right coaching, yes, it, it's just whether you do you believe it's easier to find a Patrick Mahomes or do you believe it's easier to find the amount of all-stars that a team like the Niners or Philly right now with Jalen on the rookie, like how many guys are on, like there's, if you take away the quarterbacks, which you can't, but if you did, the Niners and Eagles are by far better rosters than the Chiefs and Bengals were mm-hmm. last year. Um, But one guy had the best guy in the league. And like, that's my point is, is like people think they can find a guy like him. You can't. If you have the best in the league, it's the it's the king on the chessboard. Like we're playing chess, and the Chiefs have the king. If you don't, what do they call the little horsey they got on the other <laughs> the chess? Knight. Like we're paying. You can't pay those things sixty million dollars <laughs> and and win chess. Like you have to have the king. Right. And you, you can't have Kirk Cousins the rook, or uh, yeah, exactly. Geno Smith the bishop. Like you, if you're not paying one of, I mean. Because look at Buffalo. They paid Josh Allen, but look how many guys they lost their whole linebackers mm-hmm. today or, or this week with Edmonds and, and uh, who else? They lost another guy, I want to say. And they but, had to give Milano just the dump truck deal, and now they have yeah. nothing left to spend. Yeah. And, and it's like, I would have paid Josh Allen, but look, they're really not getting any closer to this. They got, they got dummied at home by the Bengals in the playoffs. Like they're not any closer to winning. The Bengals and, who had a QB and newsflash contract. That's <laughs> what this is about. <laughs> right, winning. So it's not about just paying guys money. We're all hoo hoo. We're all having fun together, playing football with our best friends. Like that's really cool. But like the object is to win, and it's really hard to win when you pay a guy who's not the best elite money. Like Mahomes is arguably underpaid. But if you paid him sixty million dollars, you're getting, you're getting what you're paying for. Like, look at Dallas with Dak. Like, you're paying him forty million, they're going nowhere. Like, you pay, like we just talked about Carr, Danny Dimes, all these guys, nowhere. Uh, now, if I was Jacksonville in a couple of years, would I pay Trevor? Probably. Um, look at the Chargers. Everyone, social media loves to tell me when I had it. Loves to tell me that Justin Herbert is the next Dan Marino. And, like, 
what they didn't they're not winning anything with him. Mm-hmm. They blew a horrendous lead in, in the playoffs. I, I just but then again, could is what the Niners what the Niners do with with Purdy is that is that replica replicable? Right. I don't know if that is either. I'm gonna contradict myself, but it you have to get lucky. You have to be really good at drafting. But what I, I feel like it's I feel like it's harder to find Patrick Mahomes. What you're wrestling with is there are two ways to win right now. You get a Mahomes or a Burrow, and there's only two of those guys, or you get a quarterback on a rookie deal and you spend literally 210 million of your 220 million salary cap on the rest of the roster and you build an all-star team around it. There's only two ways to do it. And you're saying because there's only a one Mahomes and one Burrow that like you can find playing... a bunch of like I think Fred Warner is really really good. But like like you said, so is Matt Milano. So is like uh the Roquan Smith. So it's like you can find, I feel like you can find other linebackers, mm-hmm. you know, is Nick Bosa really good? Yeah. But so is like TJ. Like you could find other ones. Like you can't find other Patrick Mahomes. Right. There is none. And you're saying just by playing the percentages, because there's only one Mahomes, there's only one Burrow, there's only one Josh Allen by playing the percentages. If you're trying to win, if your object is to win the Super Bowl. You should draft the quarterback. You should pay him the minimal amount of money and get a cheap veteran backup and surround them with an all-star team. I'm not because... saying you have to have like the, the Mr. Irrelevant, but Philly's got, because of uh, the uh, A.J. Brown deal, uh, or was it? No, it was they traded with the Saints. The Saints moved up to take somebody. Mm-hmm. And it was I think it was Olave, and they got a one. So they have two ones. They picked number they, – they were in the Super Bowl, and they picked 10th. Mm-hmm. Like – you could take maybe one of those four guys and still have another first, and you trade Jalen Hurts and his potential future money. I mean, you're looking at. I mean, you're looking at what what Aaron Rodgers might get or what Lamar would get. Two, you look two ones, two ones, two twos. The Russell wasn't like, and like you could keep all these. You could have kept Hargrave. You, you. I mean, they kept Slay, but like. I mean, so I don't you're know. saying these teams like the Eagles, like the Chargers, like the Jaguars, maybe not the Jaguars in your case, but I would argue maybe so. These teams that have quarterbacks on rookie deals, who the you know the media tells them now you have to pay him, you know that gigantic contract, that five year, two hundred and fifty million dollar deal. You have to give it to him this year. You're saying either, ask Arizona if they would have done the same thing over again. Exactly. Ask the Browns if they would sign that Deshaun Watson deal again. Ask the Packers if they would sign that Aaron Rodgers deal again. You don't. You're saying Denver you don't could be have picking to. fifth. Denver could be picking fifth right now and take a quarterback and have money. Instead, they have Wilson and they have Mike McGlinchey for five years, eighty-seven million, and a coach that's costing twenty million, and a project that may just blow up in their face. So. Good point that you make there. I think there are it goes now against two it goes against of... everything what I'm saying about I think having a team like I think one of the reasons why it makes the Niners are successful is because they really do seem like they like each other. And I think building something like the Warriors, like the Warriors, like you, all these super teams have tried, but like the Warriors drafted these guys. The only guy they really signed was Kevin Durant, but they had already won. Like they were clearly a team, like built mm-hmm. organically. Like if you. If you have one of these, I don't know. It, it just, yeah, because I, I wouldn't like trading Jalen Hurts for Philly. Obviously not. He's really talented. He's everything you'd want, except 
Do I think he's worth what he's going to get paid? No. There's no way he's going to be worth what he gets paid. Because most guys aren't. Right. There's only one Burrow and there's only one Mahomes. Uh, is the Like, that's what I don't get. Like, it happened in hockey. Like, McDavid got $12 million and, like, every guy who came up after him, like, no one eclipsed him. Because right. it was just like, well, yeah, of course I'm not as good as him. Of course not. Like, Mahomes got $45 million and, like, Kyler Murray's like, I deserve 46 And I'm like, <laughs> on what planet? <laughs> like, I don't get it. And it, like... Okay, maybe you convince Rodgers or, like, Russ, some of these guys who have done things in their career. But, like, again, Lamar, on what planet are you worth more than Patrick Mahomes? Because I don't live on that planet. <laughs> it's not this one. I, yeah, I, Mahomes set the market, and now everybody else wants to set the market like, after him. It's crazy. Yeah, I just – I don't get it. That's why so the Chiefs win a lot. Right. Is they have the QB, they have the coach, and then it's why the Eagles win is they have the you know this unbelievable roster and a cheap QB. It's why the Niners win. I don't think it's coincidence roster. that Philly has 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 reached the Super Bowl, won at once with like so many different quarterbacks. Like right. they're kind of like the opposite. Like the Chiefs have the quarterback, and the Eagles. I know they had haven't been as dominant as the Eagles have or as the Chiefs have, but the Eagles had uh, they had Wentz, you know, and then they won it with Foles. They have. Jalen Hurts, like it's, they're more of like the, you know, cheaper guy, all-star team type thing. I don't know. It's just interesting. So that's Joey's feels great, baby. His wildest take QBs on rookie deals are the ultimate weapon in the NFL. Maybe teams like Philly and the Chargers should consider trading their franchise quarterback and building a super team around a cheap QB on a rookie deal. Um, let's close the pod here. We're actually going to do our first ever mailbag. We did get two questions. I asked for some questions this week from our our fantastic listeners. Uh, we're going to start with Evan in Fremont, who uh, let's pretend that he's not related to me and say that he's just a longtime listener, first-time caller. He asks, and this is a really tough question, so thanks, Evan. With Aaron Rodgers leaving, who are the top three QBs in the NFC? So I think this stems from the whole Colin Coward thing last week where he ranked the top six quarterbacks in the NFC. And he was just absolutely slammed for it on the internet as everyone is for everything. But it's an extremely challenging question given where we are in the NFC now. It's not, it's like it, it's, it's varsity and JV when you compare the two conferences. It really is. There's the, the gulf between the AFC QBs and the NFC QBs is absolutely enormous. I mean, I don't even know where to start here. So let's list the starting quarterbacks in the NFC, and we got to pick our top three. So going into next year, NFC East, Hertz, Prescott, Jones, Brissett. NFC uh, North, Goff, Cousins, Jordan Love, and Fields. NFC South, Carr, Carolina's quarterback who will be drafted, Baker Mayfield and Desmond Ritter. And then the <laughs> NFC West, Lance slash Purdy, Stafford, slash Donald, slash slash Donald. <laughs> and then Stafford, Geno Smith, and Kyler Murray, let's say, even though he's hurt. Like, what do you do there with the rankings? Like, how can you put together a top three when it's basically, you could put anyone number 12 and anyone number like two, and nobody would I be have like a clear top rating. two. Three, throw them all in a hat. Who's your, t- all right, give, give us your top two. Jalen Hurts and Jared Goff. 
Oh my God, Jared Goff, number two. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, this is what Coward was slammed for too. Is how high he so he. Put I don't even Matt, know what Coward. What is Coward? I assume he had Jalen number one. He has he to. had Matt Stafford number one, which. I mean, I get, but I he's like dead. Head. Yeah, like the Rams assume that he's going to be healthy and playing next year, but pretty crazy. So if, I mean, if I, he was healthy, I'd have him number two. So then if everyone is fully healthy, you go Jalen Stafford Goff. Goff. Okay. I'm looking at this and I go, I mean, I probably go. Oh, it's so tough because you don't even know where to start. Like who is the one? None none of them are a clear one now that Brady and Rodgers are gone. It's like, I guess, and I can't believe I'm going to fucking say this. I guess I would go Cousins, Hertz, Prescott. In that order? Oh, my. <laughs> I don't know. I, I debated Kirk. I absolutely debated Kirk. Um, I even forgot my list. Who did I have number three? Uh, Goff. I'd, no, I had Goff, too. Hurts oh. and Goff. Who was third? You said, yeah. Who, who did you... I say? Dude, I, am I, like, losing my mind? Oh, Stafford. If no, healthy. I didn't. Well, if you healthy. said if healthy. Who did I say before you said Stafford? You didn't. You just picked two. Oh, I did? Oh, yeah, so I would not even consider Dak. Like for me, if, if I had to consider th- a third one, it'd be Kirk. Sorry, Evan, I hate to say it, but Geno Smith was pretty damn good last year. <laughs> the Pro Bowl quarterbacks for the NFC last year were Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, yeah, and I'm not Kirk putting, Cousins. <laughs> I'm not putting Danny Dimes. But I think the reason he asked this question is who – can't win the NFC next year other than Arizona. Like, literally everyone. I think the Rams are a disaster. I think so, too. But supposedly, according to Colin Coward and some members of the media, they have the best coach well, in the NFC and source... the best quarterback. I it's... mean, they're. I think they have, they have, I mean, I'd put Kyle up right up there with Sean. But, yeah, Sean's won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, he probably is the best. But. It's I've read rumors that, Sta- that that Sean hates Matthew Stafford. Like that something, like that, that they know he's not healthy and they're trying to trade him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't pay me to put Kyler Murray in the list, despite he's probably the most talented. I mean, the that's funny is that we're looking at this and we're not even considering him. Like this is a guy who just got you know the you know what I I want to push back on too. People have said he's like been doubted. Like it's just his size. Okay. Kyler Murray was 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 the most prolific high school quarterback in the state of Texas has ever seen. I don't know. They're a pretty big deal in high school football in the <laughs> mm. state of Texas. He was the best one. He went undefeated. Better than Breeze. Better than all, all of them. them. Yeah. Like, he was – he's just short. Mm-hmm. But he's got a pretty big cannon of an arm. He can right. – no one can catch him. He's just a royal-class dick. <laughs> And it's for that reason that he doesn't crack our top three. So I reluctantly go Cousins, Hurts, Prescott as my top three. And you go with who? What You go Hurts, Goff, and Stafford. No, I didn't want to put Stafford because I'd put Kirk. Because I know Kirk's going to play. Say what you want about him. He's going to (laughs) play. Stafford might need Tommy John. Yeah, great question, Evan. Really difficult answer for us. So, and I, I don't really think there's any right answer there. Like next me, year, any give, of those give me, teams. Give, give me a month or two in the next season. Brock Purdy's going to be on that list. 
I mean, it's crazy that he's even in the conversation. He's played. Dude, he could if if I was being super homer, I'd put him. I'd put him third. It's incredible. Right now, that's what having a great roster around you does for you. It's incredible. Um, And then second question we got was from Ryan. Uh, my golf buddy, we we play basically every weekend. He's like, you got to give your final four picks from your bracket uh, on the pod this week. Um, I didn't have Arizona, which is his alma mater, and they got knocked out by Princeton today, which that hurts They got knocked out by time. an academic school. Yeah, that hurts. Party school knocked out by academic school. Absolutely devastating. Um I had in my final four, I'm looking at my NCAA.com bracket, I had Bama out of the, I guess that's the South region. Um, I had, who was it? Duke coming out of the other region there. Uh, what is that? The Midwest. I had Kansas um, beating Gonzaga to get to the final four in the other bracket. And then uh, I really don't like Houston in the other bracket, so I went kind of off the board here. I I had Texas versus Miami in the Elite Eight with Texas getting in. So Texas, Bama, Duke, and Kansas. And then I have as the championship uh, Kansas over Bama. So that those were my picks for the Final Four. Did you do a bracket this year? No, but if I would, um, I would have put the same as you, but I would have put um... – Houston. Really? Okay. Uh, I don't have any good reason. I just saw they were good. Kind of. I don't even. The other three, I have more of a convincing. Uh, Kansas, my dad was born there, so that picked them. Super. Rock Chalk Uh, Jayhawk. Yeah. Woohoo. Duke. I think they're pretty good every year, so. And then Alabama, I just think it'd be part hilarious and part sad that this guy could just be like the most hated human being ever for like murdering somebody apparently and then go win the national title. It really is weird. And there was that whole thing where like his entrance to the game, they like the other players on the team frisked him like he was carrying a gun. No way. And, and the coach had to be like, no, they were pretending that they were like going through TSA getting ready for lift. Oh, I was like, <laughs> that oh. was like, this dude is like, didn't he like, get, didn't he get like, I don't know, something, like, I don't know if it was charged or whatever, a warrant or whatever, and then, like, the next day he played and then dropped, like, 40. Yeah, Miller for our, for uh, Alabama, just a very odd story. Like, I can't remember the last time that there was a guy who was involved in something that serious who's just playing, like, every day. Well, we didn't playing. know about it, but Aaron Hernandez was pretty good. We didn't know it at the time. Like, he was doing his, you know, make it rain celebration after yet another touchdown after he fucking murdered a guy the night before. <laughs> Little did we know. Uh, pretty the cra- crazy. The craziest thing you think about that, he played for the Patriots. who were like a military operation, like buttoned up, like don't even talk to the media. And this dude somehow got out of like the facility and like go murder a guy. Yeah, Belichick and play. didn't see that on the scouting report, apparently. Um, all right, let's like, pl- we're on to Cincinnati. Aaron Hernandez is like, we're on to murder. <laughs> Devastating. Uh, let's close the pod. We're, our next pod that we'll be doing uh, will be right before the draft. I'm thinking by that time we'll have a good idea who Carolina's taken number one. Uh, we'll probably record a day or two before the draft there. Um, obviously, we'll see if your opinion has changed, but right now you really lean towards Richardson. I guess if I had to pick, I'd probably lean towards him as well with, if I was to take the first pick just because 
as I've told you, I don't really believe in young size, and I saw enough of Stroud at Ohio State to say I don't think that's an NFL franchise quarterback. And then Levis, there's nothing there. Like, I just I don't get it. Um, pretty wild situation, but we'll go over all that when we get to the draft pod uh, in late April. Um, quick, before we go, anything happen this week outside of sports you want to share? Um, I have one thing I can go after you. Anything happen in the last month that you want to talk about? Nope, nothing. Been a whole lot of just Groundhog Day every day. Um, I ran out of contacts, so I got an eye doctor now, so that's why I'm wearing glasses. <laughs> um, Super other exciting. Than that, other than that, um, yeah, nope, nothing. Just live living the 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 life of work and. More and have, working. Yeah, and Nothing. having a pregnant wife. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Like, I feel like I should, like something, I mean, I probably should be doing more, but like, it's still like a ways away. In some ways, I feel like, oh man, it's coming. And then in a lot of ways, I feel like, wow, it's a long, still a long way away. <laughs> the crazy thing is she just doesn't sleep. Oh. Like, like, it's like we're married, but... Like, we never, like, sleep in the same bed ever. Like, most of the time because her work. Like, she works overnight. Right. But even when she's here, like, she usually sleeps all day. And, like, it's gotten really bad, like, insomnia. And, like, she'll just right. be up to, like, 7 a.m. Oof. And then, like, I wake up for work. And then she'll wake up from the couch. She'll probably get fall asleep, like, 6, 7 a.m. And then I'll get out, like, seven thirty eight and, like, mm. make coffee or whatever. And she'll be like, all right, I'm going to bed. Like, it, you know, people say you're in the roommate stage when you're married or like living together. Right. Like we're like roommates, but like it's not because like there's usually a negative connotation on a marriage. Like, oh, yeah, we're in the roommate stage. Like, no, it feels like we're roommates. Like, we're fine. Everything's good. But like just our schedules, like we just don't even we don't do anything together really anymore other than like occasionally watch some shows like together. But like we don't go out ever. That's the tough oh. thing with the overnight shift. It it affects everything, right? I'm sure it's brutal to try to like sleep during the day and whatnot too. She has no problem doing that, actually. Huh? Um, I'm one of those people. The thing who, is, if even a, a a ray of light enters the room, I'm done. I'm 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 awake immediately. I can't I really can't deal with it. Yeah. That's interesting. Um. I can't, well, I'm the, I'm where I can't sleep anywhere but bed. Me, like, me too. I can't sleep on a plane. Can't, yeah. Like, yeah, can't plane, sleep on couch. The couch. No, like, no way. Somebody else's, like, couch or even bed. Like, you're visiting somewhere. I don't, like, like, I can't sleep on the couch. It's just, <laughs> I have to be in bed. Um, But yeah, her sleep, she could sleep anywhere. Oh, what a tremendous talent to have. My wife has that talent, too. She can sleep on, like, a 40-minute flight to Vegas for, like, 39 minutes. It's incredible. I wish I had That's that That's such an underrated talent. <laughs> it really is. Uh, uh, Save I guess... yourself so much pain if you could sleep on a plane. Oh, my God. I've never fallen asleep on a plane. I don't know if I ever will. And she just pulls it off every time. She's like, oh, once the engine starts, I just... I'm like, God, I'm so jealous. Um, so we went to Disneyland... Uh, on Monday this week with uh, our goddaughter. Oh, really? That's a quick trip. Yeah. Uh, for well, us, I guess, it's... Oh, my God. Never mind. 
freaking live there, dude. I keep like I'm like, dude, that was quick, and I'm like, what an idiot. Oh, you live there. It's still you know how, an hour. How drive. far? It's about an hour. Oh yeah, we did it. Like when we were there. Yeah, we, it's like drove to your yeah. It's not too bad. So we went Monday. We got there right when the park opened. Idiot. I was like, how? Where'd you stay? I was literally about that. Where'd you stay? Yeah, we stayed at our apartment. It was nice. <laughs> I just wanted to bring up. You're like, my wife charged me 400 a night. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> fair market rate for down for uh, West L.A. Definitely fair. I just wanted to bring up earlier in the year, we were talking about how Vegas has changed since the pandemic. I would say Disneyland has changed massively since the pandemic. The last time Good I or went. Bad. Bad. I was the, I went there in 2018. Oh, yeah, I hate Disneyland. I think Sorry, I've kid. been. I absolutely w- hate Disneyland. I I liked it as a kid, and then I didn't like it as an adult. I, lo- I loved it up until like even a couple years ago. Like me and Kayla went one time, just me and her. Like, um, and we saw the Sharks play in Anaheim too. It was a whole trip, and it was it was fun. Um, but it's changed. So we went on. This is a Monday. I don't know. I just, yeah, like I said, the last I was gonna say the last time we were there, like. Like the line seemed longer, the food seemed more expensive, and I'm like, we don't have any kids. Like, what the hell are we doing here? Exactly. Like, like so we, we, yeah, we'll we'll have our kid, and and you know, in a few years, go like, oh great, like we'll get excitement out of watching the kid. Yeah. But I'm, like, why? I'm like, I'm like, I'm 30. Why am I on Peter Pan right now with you? <laughs> like, my point was gonna be. So I went in, I guess I've been in 2013, 2018 were the last two times I went. And so this is, you know, five years on from the last time. Right when I walked in, because, you know, there's always a line to get in. I expected that. Right when I walked in and got to that main square of Disneyland where you decide if you're going off to the right to Tomorrowland or off to the left where, like, the Indiana Jones ride is. and Or if you're going straight to the Matterhorn or if you're going to, I guess, there's the new Star Wars land there to the left. So... I always expect one of those directions to be very crowded. Like, everybody wants to go go to Star Wars, or everybody wants to go to whatever. It was like that every square inch of the park. And this is a Monday in March after a rainstorm. Like, this is probably the worst time to possibly go to Disneyland. I don't know if you guys had it, but we got got absolutely boned by Mother Earth on Tuesday night. Same with us. Absolutely drenched. Like, horrendous weather all last week last weekend terrible weather i was like this may actually work out for us because it's not going to rain that day in particular the kids are all in school it's a monday no it didn't matter i bet you spring break it wasn't spring break and i what i'm thinking is is they have just decided disney as a whole to let in two or three times as many people as they used to pre-pandemic i've heard i've heard that's what it is it is they're like ESPN Plus. No one's watching hockey. We're losing money. Disney, we're letting everyone in the park. Open up the theme parks because wall-to-wall strollers, wall-to-wall mobility scooters, wall-to-wall people. There That's was the not, thing. It's not even Disneyland. I just hate people. I, I, I don't want to be where the people are. It's such a jaded thing to say as I get older, but I feel like it's true. Like Every place we go is crowded, but when you go to a place like that where even in big 40 person wide open squares you are having trouble moving forward because there's so many freaking people i was like what are we doing here like this is absolute insanity and us and Did our everything friends, work we're pushing a, a double wide stroller too so there's a three-year-old and a two-year-old in the stroller as we're walking around the park you cannot get anywhere 
because it's just completely blocked off with people everywhere everywhere we go there was only one major ride that wasn't open it was the indiana jones ride but everything else was open but even with the whole genie plus pass that we got so that we could skip to the front of the line every hour or so on a few of the rides even with all that i think we did either six or seven rides in like eight hours and the kids got to go on five or six of the rides that they wanted to go on and then we were just exhausted from all the people and just trying not to get barreled over by giant crowds and it was like oh man very very strange situation there where it's like i get you know, that are we sure that are, it's, are to... we sure that disneyland and like vegas have changed or have we changed I I think it's a combination of both. I think we're getting older. Because I do, like, I'm just like, I hate people. Me too, like, where it's like, like I can't handle the like, crowds. We say, we say, like, Disneyland, but, like, you go to Costco, like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to be Joey Mixon right here. <laughs> I, and just plow through everybody. Like, like, what are you all doing here? Like, like, I'll go, like, we've gone, like, on a Tuesday, like, at 2 o'clock. Like, okay, people are supposed to be at work, right? I work from home. Like, there we go. Quick trip. Me and Kayla. Kayla doesn't work. I'm like, where are all of you? Why are all of you here? Shouldn't you all be at work? Do you all work remote? Or do, are you all in tech? <laughs> like, do you all, like, have a work phone with you right now? What are you doing here? And I just... Same situation at Disneyland. I'm like, Does, did everybody take the day off from work today? Did everyone take their kid out of school today at the same time? I... Part of it is we're older and we don't like people and we don't like crowds. We're not the way we were when we were 18. But there is just a simple fact that things have changed post-pandemic. Like Disney lost all that money from the theme parks during the pandemic and clearly responded to it by saying, hey, the only way we can make up for that lost revenue is by adding like three times as many people into that park. And it was So you said, nuts. did like, did everything work? Like did the rides and everything like... Because yeah, my worst fear is like I go and they're like, oh, Indiana Jones is down for maintenance. And I'm like, why am I here? Yeah, there was only one ride that was down. But the problem was if you didn't have the Genie Plus Pass, literally every ride that was worth riding was like 70 plus minute wait. So we only went on the ones where we got to skip to the front of the line. Uh, and they only allow you to do that like once every hour. We, yeah, I think we did. I don't know if it was called the Genie Pass at the time, but we did something where you pick like a ride every two hours and then... It tells you like a, a time frame yes. you can go and like go to the front of the line. Yeah. Um, and then there's some that like if we saw I had a quick wait, we would go. I love to do all those like Toy Story like shooting ones where you like yeah. do the target. I think those are pretty cool. Um, yeah, you should have yeah. seen the line for that. We did the fast pass so that our our friends' kids could get to the front of the line on that one. If we didn't, I mean, this line literally like wrapped around the whole freaking park. That's the only point I was going to make is, is it us getting older or have things really changed? Because it was just utter It makes mayhem. sense at both of those. For the, from the second we got there till the second we left, not a single space available to just breathe there. So pretty crazy situation. Um, like I said, we will be back uh, in a couple weeks here, in a few weeks here for uh, that the draft preview. This was the free agency uh, recap pod. Uh, we went over basically all the QB carousel uh, changes. We went over what the Niners and Vikings did this offseason. We named some teams that we thought won the offseason and lost the offseason so far. We'll see how the draft goes. We'll see how our teams look heading into next season when we start to get into those 
divisional previews as we lead up to uh, another season of NFL football. So uh, we want to say thank you to everyone for listening uh, to this free agency pod. We miss you, Jimmy. Uh, hmm. Feels great, baby, that uh, we had all these years with you as, uh, as uh, you know, in Joey's case, diehard Niners fan, and in my case, a guy who just admired a winner. Um, adios, Jimmy, and uh, we'll, we'll see everybody when we're back for the uh, NFL Draft Pod. Thank you for listening. Yeah.